0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the single CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And joining us tonight, uh, Lauren Canario is on the third microphone, and of course, Mark is here. Yes, I am. As he always is. And Lauren, uh, normally when you're in the studio with us, it's after you've been let out of jail to talk about your experiences, because... Well, you've been there a few times as part of your uh, civil disobedience style activism that you've done up here in New Hampshire. But that's not why you're here with us tonight, is it?
1: Right. Today I'm uh, representing the objectivist camp, which I was in for 20 years or so.
0: You were in the objectivist camp. Yeah. You are no longer in the objectivist camp? Correct. Okay. Now, now just to preface this conversation, uh, the objectivism issue has come up. For whatever reason on the last within the last week of shows someone called in out of the blue to ask Mark and myself, "Hey guys, why aren't you objectivists? Mark, you're a minarchist, Ian you're a voluntarist, why aren't you objectivists?" And so we kind of went into a discussion that then has crossed over a few days of the show got fairly heavy last night and more people are here to weigh in, not just in the studio with Lauren, but also right out the right out the gate we have a, a call, somebody wants to talk about this. So uh so Lauren is a longtime objectivist. You're here with us. I'm gonna go to this phone call first and then you can tell us about your why you became an objectivist and why you no longer are an objectivist and where we went wrong in our understanding or whatever it is you're here to to explain to us. But I want to go to Paul first. He's in California and he's on the amp line. Hello, Paul. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Lauren, and Mark.
2: Ian and Mark, it's really a pleasure to talk to you again, and I really am uh, happy to be on 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 the line with uh, Lauren, who I met at the uh, Liberty Forum. I have a total respect for her, and uh, it's it's so nice to be able to to stay, to to talk to you. Um, right off the bat, I was listening uh, while I was on hold. Your network news earlier talking about the. Uh, Nine one one memorabilia and I could I couldn't help thinking that they said, Well, they wanted the nine one one memorabilia to be sold by the official salespeople so that the money can go to a good purpose without mentioning the fact that the street vendors would be forcibly restrained from selling any more
0: who are the, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening to the news. Who are the official 9-11 vendors? I mean, is there someone who has been uh, sort of anointed the official seller of such things?
2: Yeah, as part of the new new construction, the new building will have a 9-1, 9-11 store, okay? And that's where the official memorabilia will be. And, and, and the announcer was saying, yeah. yeah, up to now it's just been street vendors who've been uh, in this market, you know.
0: So, uh, so what I'm, you're I'm saying just, is they're, just, going fizz, they're going to they're uh, going to to stop the street vendors from selling such merchandise? And this is New York City, Ground Zero. I'm
2: I'm predicting that if people start keep selling it after the store opens, uh, okay, oh, you don't have a license for this stuff. Well, you know, <laughs> anyway, hmm. I'm sorry, that's a total tangent, but I just can't couldn't help myself. But uh, back to objectivism, which yes, is sir. the subject uh, at the top of the show. Um, I am not an objectivist, nor am I going to attempt to convince anyone else to be an objectivist, but I do want to address the one issue you seem to have with it, Ian, which was the basic tenet of reality. Uh, Ayn Rand said existence exists, and you're saying that, well, how do I know that? How do I know I'm not a brain in a tank? You know, uh, Indeed. Like the famous philosopher. Well, what, what I can do uh, to assist you, um, yeah, sorry. Um, what I can do to assist you with trying to resolve this question uh, is introduce you to the concept of Occam's razor. Are you familiar with this?
3: I have heard of it in the, the past. Uh, the most likely um, answer to a question is the answer to the question.
2: The simplest well, answer to the question. The simplest, exactly. So if you have two separate scenarios that both seem to explain a particular phenomenon, the simplest of those two is most probably the correct one. Probably so, true. So, if you
3: um, find a pair of um, – uh, if you find a set of hoof prints, the chances are it wasn't made by a zebra. Right. Yeah. Although,
2: I, zebras and horses are similar enough. But the, the point is, if you take reality for what it is, you know, that tree exists, a, a, a respective, you know, um, regardless of your consciousness, and the idea that, 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 that there is an objective reality – that does not depend solely upon your consciousness to to make it exist. Okay, I mean you can build a scenario that says this is here. Okay, and our consciousness arose from some natural process which we don't understand, but you know we if we just get comfortable, with, I don't know. That's a fairly simple explanation. You contrast contrast this with well everything I'm seeing is just being injected into my mind by some other entity who's built another who is existing in another totally different universe, which we don't know. In other words, you see how the complexity just gets really out, off, out of the way when you go that direction?
0: Oh, yeah, I totally understand. I mean, it makes sense to accept reality as it's being presented to you, and I never I never suggested otherwise. I'm just saying that uh, I'm open-minded to the idea that there could be something else happening and that uh, I may not know everything, that uh, that everything may not be as it seems. That's all.
2: Yeah, well, as long as one doesn't use this as an escape route to explain why you're, and I'm not saying you're personally, but anybody you're talking to, you know, uh, if their particular pet theory uh, falls to the ground based on some logical analysis, as as long as someone doesn't go, well, it could have been in another reality, you know, that's the problem with that sort of argument. If you leave that door open, okay, it's really hard to have objective discussions with people because they keep going, well, yeah, but that's just this reality, you know. Right. The point it's, is, you have to have a groundwork of, upon which to build a logical framework of, of 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 how to live your life and how to interact with people.
3: What the uh, what the conversation last last night kind of reminded me was uh, of was that that Jabberwocky uh, uh, poem. Of, uh, who's it by? Robert Louis Stevenson or something like that? Lewis Carroll, um, where you yeah, know, Lewis Carroll. Right. Yeah, or, where or it's or it's Dodson, nothing but nonsense I, 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 words. Like it's it's nothing but nonsense words. And, you know, so you'd say, well, you know, uh, reality is as reality is. And then you'd get back some statement like, well, diddle-dum, diddle-dum, diddle-dum. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it, so, uh, no, what I'm trying to say here is that there's one bird, not three birds. And the, the one bird didn't turn into three birds and then become one bird again. And then you'd get back, well, triple-dibble-dop, dibble-dop, dibble-dop. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, it was very nonsensical to me. Yeah,
2: and with me, it, it would be... I understand, look, I I personally have had uh, similar experiences. Uh, I will go as far as to say that, okay? But I am not under the illusion that these mental um, uh, uh, manifestations of my own consciousness had anything to do with objective reality, okay? I I will accept them as hallucinations. Okay, now, what the images were and how they got there might explain something about my subconscious or my psyche or my, you know, uh, learned self-knowledge. That's why people would take LSD is to get inner Mm self-knowledge. But to then make the leap of saying what I'm seeing and experiencing is reality, that's where I think you lose track of (laughs) <laughs> lose track of, of, of sanity I never and, and said and it was
0: reality. I never said that. I, all I said that they was that they had a shared hallucination, which I found far more interesting than if it was just one of the three people. What we're talking about is an experience that uh, my girlfriend had years ago with a couple of her uh, friends where they were on a beach on LSD, and they saw a bird split into three separate birds, and I believe the bird went back into one bird later. I'm not positive on all the details on that. And it would have been easy to just brush that off as a a hallucination had it been one of the three people. But the fact that all three had it seems very very interesting to me. I'm not saying it means anything about it being really happening in what we know is reality, but I sure do find it interesting that it happened to all three people simultaneously. I find that fascinating.
2: Oh, oh, I, and, and me and myself as well. I just misunderstood you. I, I, I thought you were arguing that this 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 created the possibility that there's some alternate reality that they were getting a peek into, rather than just hey, that's. I a don't know how about. to explain no that.
0: I'm not going to go right. as far as try to explain what they saw. I'm just saying right. it's very intriguing. That's all.
2: Oh, great! I'm totally
0: with you there, and it's intriguing
2: too. I'm totally on the same page in that.
0: All right, Paul. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. That's all
2: I I wanted to share, but uh, but I think it was a great discussion. I'm really curious to hear what what Lauren has to
0: say. We will find that out here in mere moments, and I thank you for the call tonight. You're welcome to dial in here and jump into the conversation about this or anything you want. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Lauren Canario is with us. She is better known as a civil disobedience super activist. Uh, But tonight she's here to talk about the objectivism thing that we've been discussing here over the past few days. And uh, again, we welcome your comments. 800-259-9231. She was an objectivist, no longer is. We'll find out her story here in moments. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll free, eight hundred, two five nine ninety-two thirty-one. That's the SACL CAI toll. Free line eight hundred-two five nine ninety-two thirty-one tonight. It's Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us online at Freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. dot com. The features are in uh, features do include rather the bulletin board system with over four hundred and fifty thousand posts. There's a lot to talk about there, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, You'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We are here continuing a conversation that has been going on, I would say, far too long, but apparently uh, not according to you because you keep calling in about it, and it is the show about your calls. Objectivism is uh, what is on the table for discussion here tonight, and Lauren was so persuaded by our previous conversations, Lauren Canario, one of the uh, civil disobedience superstars here in New Hampshire, she decided to stop by the studio here tonight and discuss her understanding of what objectivism is. And it is a,
3: um, her understanding is a lot better than ours.
0: Oh yeah, I imagine it is, considering she was uh, she considered herself an objectivist for 20 years, though no longer does. And of course, your calls are still coming in. We will take them about anything. Uh, but let's let's get into Lauren's story here a little bit. Uh, Lauren, what is objectivism?
1: It's a philosophy that uh pretty much says um that logic rules rules the world that people uh are heroic build, be, beings and that uh, you can know reality. Okay. It's pretty simple. It's I've studied uh, went to lectures and all kinds of seminars and read every book by Ayn Rand there was and uh, I really loved it when I first saw it. It shows people as uh you know, not you know, strange, uh, whacked out, um, psychologically weird people, but as uh, you know, more, more as heroic. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That uh, went over logic, which I thought was really exceptionally cool. I thought that was the coolest thing that you could like wrap your ma- your mind around. And uh, there's all kinds of philosophical, you know, technicalities like epistemology and uh, and ethics and all those other things that are included.
0: So, uh, so obviously, you got a lot out of your experience with objectivism, and that's why you stayed involved with it for 20 years. What is it that uh, drove you in a different direction? Why did you decide to no longer consider yourself an objectivist?
1: Well, as cool as all the intellectual stimulation is, it's uh, they don't really get into living their values. They uh, don't really act out the things that they say that, that you should do, like you know, they're for the non-aggression principle. They okay. say You shouldn't aggress against people, but yet they're they're for wars.
0: They are for war. Okay. This is this has been a bone of contention here on the show tonight because when somebody first brought up the object, the objectivism question, oh well, guys, why aren't you objectivists? I so the first thing I went to Mark was that we had this guy named Terry Goodkind on the show. He's a famous uh, sci-fi fantasy author. One I guess that I enjoy very author. much. And we had him on the show, and he was talking, you know, talking about how he's an objectivist and uh, that he supports the war in Iraq. And I again don't know a whole lot about the objectivism thing, and it's just that whenever I come across something like that, I kind of make a little mark. Okay, this objectivist is for the war, and so that's but there are what plenty I'm...
3: of libertarians that say the same thing, you know.
0: Right. Well, they're not real libertarians because libertarians don't believe in aggressing against their neighbors. Anyway, we've gone down that road before, Mark. Uh, But So so what I learned from that is that objectivists can be for war and still consider themselves objectivists. So uh, now you're saying, Lauren, just wholeheartedly that objectivism or objectivists, in your experience, are very favorable toward war situations.
1: Yes, uh, they're pretty much – you can give it a blanket statement that they're all – Atheists and they all well everyone who's an objectivist nowadays, I think, who's still in the camp uh does is in favor of the war in the Middle East.
0: So would you say that's uh that's a position that the Objectivist Institute or whatever it is called will officially take?
1: Right. Although it's not really codified in all the in Ayn Rand's writings. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much what they're they're all doing right now.
0: Well, there you go. That's enough reason for me to uh, to bail out. And you're saying that was one of the influential factors that dis- that uh, led you kind of in a different direction.
1: Right. I thought that uh, if it's such a cool uh, philosophy, I mean, why don't you live it? Why don't you act on your principles? And mm-hmm. they they weren't they weren't in favor of that. As a matter of fact, if you bring up things like doing a protest or creating a, a you know a float in the parade, they would go, Oh no, 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 no. You have you can't you know bring that out to the general public. You we're we're intellectuals. We're you know, and we're in our ivory tower. Oh and really? We, yeah. And so uh,
0: they they made a point of shying away from recruiting, uh, from sharing their message with the average Joe, so to speak.
1: Pretty much. Uh, well, I can't How say How hoity-toity of they, them. They are uh, super intellectual. You got you got to give them that they're very brilliant and they love the intellectual puzzles and things.
0: Well, good for them. Yeah, so but, does Mensa. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're they're very similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, I'm starting to get a better picture here, and I, I now I'm, I'm glad that we've actually had somebody who's been involved in objectivism say, these guys are warmongers, because that's the impression I've always gotten. And like you're saying, maybe Ayn Rand wasn't necessarily like they are today, but she's not here to to speak for herself. She
1: was in favor of wars at, in, in her day. Was she? I think she was, yeah.
0: Was she in favor of voluntarily funded wars, or was she just in favor of wars no she, matter she what?
1: She got, got kind of, uh, you know, fuzzy and misty on that subject. But she said, uh, in a proper society, there would be voluntary funding. But,
0: but for now, but, yeah. pay up, yeah. sucker. <laughs> yeah,
1: but for now, we have to do these war things.
3: Mm. Okay, all right. Well, that helps me out a little bit. Mark, any questions uh, for Lauren while we have her? I, you know, I, I. <laughs> I've never really, I don't think about objectivism very much, um, and I, I know that the people that believe in objectivism believe in it very thoroughly. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that's bothered me about it all along, Lauren, is the sort of Ann, uh, Ayn Rand uh, worship that seems to go along. It seems like there's a lot of pictures. Well, a lot obviously,
1: of, you haven't, you know, been influenced by her. Of course, you should worship her. No, she is. <laughs> she, she is tremendous. If you've, uh, you're old enough, she died in 1982, so if you're old enough to have uh, heard her speak, read her books and things, uh, I don't know. I guess it's it's an acquired taste, or a, for a special audience. But I think she she was exceptional. And
3: uh, no, no doubt that she yeah. may very well have been an exceptional uh, human being. But the um, there's a lot of pictures. Do that they have seem to go along. Do the
0: objectivists have big, you know, th- uh, thirty-two by twenty-four posters in their uh, of, rooms Ayn of Ayn Rand? No,
1: but of the Atlas picture.
3: Yeah,
0: there's um, a lot of in l-
1: Rockefeller Center. Yes. Yeah.
0: there's a lot of uh, very icon-like iconic I- iconic.
3: Yeah. Um, iconic graphy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Icon worship. I, I see um, I see pictures of her all over and it seems like it's just like there's just a little too much of that. It's kind of Dalai Lama-esque, <laughs> is uh, you know, not just Dalai Lama, but all all the you know the the, the Eastern religions always the seem to have of the Western world yeah, seem to have these you know people that they look at. Well, this is this the, the the Guru City Baba. Right. Here is a very influential person. What? Who? Harry
0: Brown was very influential in my uh, but you understanding don't see of Liberty. Harry
3: Brown pictures. No, Nobody I don't have a, Harry Brown. I don't
0: have a poster of Harry up in my my room or anything like that. Right. There's a few of his books still, but that's about it.
3: You know, and I, I, you know, some of them spot in my heart. I guess mm -hmm. that counts to some extent. Some of them, it's, you know, some of it is more palatable than others to me. For instance, for some reason or another, it doesn't bother me if somebody has a picture of Lysander Spooner around. (laughs) You know, but I don't. Know, like it, it gets, Ein Rand is the, the sort of the top of the list that bothers me, well, and then did, b- beneath that the Murray Rothbard's, and and then people get so. You know, was just
0: too many pictures. Was Objectivism a cult when Ayn Rand was alive, or did it really start to build after she died? Uh,
1: it was more powerful when she was alive than okay.
0: after she died. More coming up here. You want to hang out and take some phone calls about Objectivism? Sure. With us, Lauren. All right, more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything.
1: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. If you take control of the airwaves, toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, those features include the archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page. You can just click
3: and download, and they're yours free, freetalklive.com. Get ready to take down this number, because I'm going to tell you how to get a... uh free week supply of the new Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. It's a chewable vitamin. It includes uh, fruits and berries uh, like uh, goji, mangosteen, acai, nani fruit. These are some of the best antioxidants on the planet. And if you call 800-219-8874 right now, that's 800-219-8874, you get a free week trial. And uh, all you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. 800
0: We continue here taking your phone calls about what you want. People still have some comments on this whole conversation we've been having over the over several shows about objectivism, what it is, and why, if you are a voluntarist as I am, and uh, Lauren, I don't know how you would describe yourself.
1: Uh, Ex-objectivist, uh, ex uh, now what? I usually say anarchist.
0: Anarchist, okay. Yeah. How you could be a voluntarist or an anarchist and be an objectivist, and it sounds like you can't be because, uh, as a voluntarist, I believe that all human interaction should be done on a uh, performed on a voluntary basis. And uh, from what I'm understanding, from what you've told me so far tonight, Lauren, is that uh, the objectivists are supporters of war. So, um, well, a,
3: I think that it would it, it bears saying that uh, Lauren's experience is Lauren's experience, and she has years. spoken to. Every objectivist or been involved in every... she's been
0: around enough of them to make the determination that she feels that way. How many
3: groups um, have you been around of of objectivist groups, by and large, in the one area that you lived in, Vegas, or...
1: In Vegas, in California, er, er, places where I've lived over the last 20 years.
3: And you'd say most of them were warmongers.
1: Actually, yeah, I bet they were. Uh, they, They didn't come out and say it. They didn't like to admit it, but yeah.
3: Okay. And uh, there was
0: something that we were discussing during the break about uh, one of Ayn Rand's followers, Leonard Peikoff, who wrote a book. And didn't he come out in favor of turning the Middle East into a uh, nuclear wasteland or something like yeah,
1: that? Yeah, he's, he uh, says that the Arabs are inherently, you know. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, not substandard, but, you know, uh, they have a culture that, that makes it so that they can't understand logic and, uh, you know, free markets and. Things like the, the Western cultures. Can. So
0: Kill exterminate them. them, then, is what his answer was?
1: Uh, not. No, it's not, he wouldn't go so far as to admit that, but I bet he would not be too much against it.
0: Disturbing. Let's go to your phone calls here. Gene is on the line, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Gene. Hello,
4: guys and hey. gal.
3: Hey, what's on your mind? Uh,
4: before I get into the discussion, I'd like to congratulate Mark.
3: Hey, what, what am I, I getting congratulated on?
4: I'm finally breaking out of the statist mold and breaking into the anarchist mold. I welcome you to the wagon. I know you and what? Ian prefer you and Ian prefer voluntarist, but no I don't uh, think Mark,
0: Mark Wait, wait, wait. When did Mark break out of the uh anarchist view? I d I well, don't I don't recall that. The
4: last last few shows he's been taking the argument against the statist. And so I assume that means he's uh, now an anarchist or a voluntarist, as you prefer to call it.
3: I don't, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to take that label, uh, Gene. Um, at least, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, what I'm going to say is that I think that, sure, uh, the ideas of a, a voluntary free market are preferable to um, the ideas of of using force against people, but. I'm not sure that those things work, and I have to see them work. So, uh, you know, if it's, somebody can apply whatever label they want to see applied to that, however, I think it's it's very similar to the tack that I've taken all along, which is you got to show me.
4: Well, I mean, that's not what I heard the last few days. But anyway,
3: all right,
4: back back to the philosophical discussion at hand. Okay, I like I have a, a saying that I like to use, and that is, God is a reality; you are a concept. You know, we were talking. Yeah, the other, yesterday last night the guy mentioned. Uh, you know, if there's nobody around, does the uh, does the room you're in actually exist? And all this stuff. Of course it exists because God is the con- is the consciousness behind the reality, not us. And we put ourselves in God's position when we try to say that we're the reality that makes, uh, or yeah, that we're the uh, consciousness that makes the reality. In reality, we're just a concept because we we came from his uh, consciousness.
1: So what if, and, if uh, God is a consciousness, what is uh, – before he created the universe, he was all alone at one time, I imagine, right? What was he conscious well, of? No,
4: it, would, it would be great to find out all those answers, Lauren, and if you find them, I'd sure like to know. Uh, the but the idea
1: of a consciousness without something to be conscious of is a – self, you know, self-exploding term. It's, it can't happen. In order to be a consciousness, you have to be aware of something, of reality.
4: Well, that's our understanding, yes. But who knows? Uh, we're just little tiny ants down here, and we don't understand everything. And I know that sounds like a cop-out, but it's the same cop-out that scientists use to disc- to try and explain the Big Bang. So if the scientists can use that cop-out, I guess I can, too.
0: Fair enough, Gene. Any other thoughts for us tonight?
4: Well, you got a moment to go into global warming.
0: Okay, by for a
4: second. Well, you know how much of a skeptic I am on global warming. But now there's a scientist who's come out and said, nope, we're actually in a global cooling phase. The sun cycles have died down and now... Uh, Due to no action of mankind, the planet is actually in a cooling phase.
3: So. I
0: have to say it's been a pretty nice summer so far, I mean, in
3: general. It's been very wet, and um, it was also a very snowy uh, winter, not last winter, but the winter before was the snowiest on, on season. I think that somebody might uh, might claim that's somehow attached to global climate change. I would say that we're experiencing global climate change and that the globe has had its climate changing every single year since the globe has existed. <laughs> I think right, it's fair to and- say that.
4: In the sixties, when I was growing up, they were the same scientists were claiming that we were entering an ice age. The ones that are now claiming that we're the planet is heating up, and now, of course, one scientist and maybe more are going to jump on the bandwagon that it 's cooling down so in reality, I use all this just to show that these guys don 't know what the heck they 're talking
0: about How could they, like you say they 're just little ants I mean, the idea that uh, we are at any point of being able to Comprehend that the various different weather patterns and things that are going on out there. I mean, even the best computer models aren't—they're not even close not to just, being there.
4: Not just comprehend, but our actions, our activities on this planet are so small in co- in comparison to the size of this planet that for us to think that anything that we could do would actually affect this planet is just—it's it, giving ourselves a big hit. There's no way I could burn every tree from coast to coast, and the planet will just make a little cough, and that'll be the end of it. They, it won't even realize that all these trees have gone away.
0: Thank you for that tonight, Jean. Appreciate the discussion, as always. At 800-259-9231, let's go across the pond to Ziggy in the UK. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ziggy.
5: Hi. Um, uh, first of all, I'd just like to say that um, most objectivists i Matt, have literally swapped the uh, Bible, sorry, i substituted the Bible without the shrug.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I kind of feel that that's, way that's sometimes.
5: The I get. Um, I've got a question for Lauren. Um, is it true that Ayn Rand literally believed that charity was some sort of sin?
1: No. I, she said there was a place for charity, but uh, that uh, the ideal that people should live for is for your your own benefit, and that people too often... Uh, get into a thing that's called altruism where you live for the benefit of other people and you forget about yourself But she said your yourself is more important than other people
5: Yeah, I'd agree with that and just very quickly. I want to congratulate you on that um Speed trap video um where you put the signs up telling uh, there was a speed trap.
1: Oh, that wasn't me. That was I just saw it happen
5: um, Yeah, well um, people have tried to do that here with speed cameras and they have got arrested and they're trying to ban satnavs for te- uh, telling drivers where there are speed cameras.
0: Really? Because there's a, a program available for i uh, for the iPhone and for the BlackBerry and maybe some other smartphones called Trapster. Yeah,
5: sat- here. Have, have, um, a friend of mine's got a satnav, and, and every time you get near a, a speed camera, it warns them. But the government has said that they're trying to get uh, the manufacturers of satnavs.
0: Sort of <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight, Ziggy. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think Lauren's going to hang with us till at least the end of the hour, uh, and your calls are welcome about anything, as always, at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL cai toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And tonight it is Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, more Internet listeners, bringing them on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up today and get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details
3: are at amp.freetalklive.com. republicmagazine.tv. Are you, are you missing out on the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. You can get your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. A couple of the articles that are in this particular month's issues are Alter or Abolish the Rights of the People by Allison Bricker or State of Independence, State Sovereignty, Paula Bradley.
0: Okay, uh, we continue taking your phone calls here. Go to Rob in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
6: Well, I just wanted to make a comment about the uh, topless protest.
0: This is uh, an event that happened on Sunday here in Keene, New Hampshire. One young lady uh, was walking down the street with no top on. There were about three or four other uh, gentlemen who were accompanying her. Uh, including myself, with also no tops on, and she was arrested. Your thoughts?
6: Well, I, I did a little bit of research. Uh, New York State apparently, um, th- there was a, a similar protest, I believe, in 1992. The, uh, it is now legal in New York State for women to go topless.
0: There have been protests like this uh, around the country, and typically when world? it is typically when it is challenged, the state does lose, and the uh, women are allowed to be topless.
6: And and in Ontario, here it is. It is law. Uh, now, uh, saying that, how many do you see going topless?
3: Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, equality right that is largely unused. But I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Surely,
6: <laughs> it's 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 one of those unfortunate laws that are that are not followed. Mm-hmm. So I I think we need a law that women will follow them.
3: <laughs> and go topless?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, 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 I get do detect a bit of uh, sarcasm.
6: They have to go topless.
0: Are you being facetious?
6: Yes, I'm being yes.
0: facetious. Yes, okay, that's good.
6: But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those odd things, that, uh, and it, it is a rights thing. Uh, but, you know, I congratulate um, uh, the women there for, for starting the ball rolling. Well, I mean, it was one uh,
0: woman, but she has started the ball rolling. It's my understanding that the arraignment date for her is going to be September 9th in lovely Keene, New Hampshire. And there has already been an event created. In order to encourage some more ladies to go topless. Now I don't know what the the, the temperature is going to be like on the ninth. It may be a little cooler than it is now. We'll we'll find out. Uh, but as of right now, and there's an early morning another topless equality event scheduled for out in front of the courthouse here in Keene. And so perhaps more than one lady will be taking her top off. I do not know what to expect. And I know
6: hopefully that, that will be videotaped.
0: I, there were several cameras for the uh, the one the, the one that was very short notice where yep. they gave us 15 minutes worth of notice. I imagine there will be as many, if not more, uh, cameras for the one in which we have two full weeks uh, to prepare. So, well, I, good luck for thank the uh, you.
6: for anybody involved in that, and hope uh, they get that passed.
0: Indeed, sir. I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Lauren, you going to go out for that?
1: Well, stay tuned for the word on that. Um, <laughs>
3: See, none of the women really seem be excited about the idea of getting involved in this topless protest thing. And I, You know, I, I don't know. None of the women? I don't know, Mark. I
0: haven't talked to them all. Have you? I have not talked to all of them.
3: Okay. We move on and talk to... I can tell. Uh, I mean, you know, w- w- were you out uh, topless? I was. Okay, good. Yep. James in
0: Louisiana. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there.
7: Hey, hello. Hey, what's you on going? your mind,
0: James? All
7: right. Yes, um... I wanna say hello to you, Ian and Lauren and Mark, and I want to say that Lauren is awesomeness in its physical form.
3: Oh, <laughs> thanks a lot. She's the icon. Yeah,
7: okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, three things I wanna uh talk about real quick. First of all, I'm I'm getting really a really bad connection here.
0: You sound fine, just go right ahead with what you have to say. Pretend
3: you have a good okay. connection. All
7: right. Um okay. First my trial I, I spoke about it a few months ago. Um, it was, okay, let me re- recap real quick that I was arrested for not showing my, uh, my license and also some other things with my car. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I believe it was supposed to be my trial on the, uh, on August 11th, but it was just, I guess, an arraignment. And so it's been pushed back to December 22nd. So it's, you know, it's a complete waste of time. And I would like to know what, what, um, you know, how was I harming anyone by not showing the bureaucrat my license? I mean, I don't know.
0: Well, Lauren, you've had some experience with uh, the, the freedom to travel issue. Why don't you field that question?
1: Oh, uh, well, nobody. You weren't hurting anybody. You weren't... Um... Uh, breaking any property. You weren't even lying to the guy. You were just refusing to give him what he wanted.
0: Maybe you hurt his feelings.
7: Right. Yeah, I probably hurt his ego, but nothing
0: yeah. else. <laughs> No, no tangible damage, uh, no real damaged property or or person. You're right. Uh, the state just wants you to be obedient. That's it. I mean, you you broke the uh, the one of the one of their many many rules uh, that says you must do as we say. It's not any. It doesn't have anything to do with a, a victim. Just like the topless situation here, where uh, Cassidy was arrested for having her top off. There's actually audio from the police scanner, and this is probably going to come out here when I take the time to to edit it together. Uh, but I've begun that process. And there's audio from the police scanner of the cops asking, uh, radioing back to another one of their buddies saying, hey, do you have a victim? Do you have a complainant? Did one of the people that called in actually leave their name and information? One of the people that called in saying, hey, there's a naked lady on the side of the road. Did they leave some information? They said, no. All we have is just people who called to let us know about it. And the cop actually says over the radio, we have this recorded. Well, if you don't have a complainant, I don't have a crime. I'm going to have to let them go. Then he said, well, call me on my cell phone. And then he made a phone call from his cell phone, and then a few minutes later came out and arrested her. So I'm not sure what the cell phone call uh, said but uh, it was very interesting audio, and so it's just it's an obedience thing. That's that's all it is.
1: Plus, they want your name and address so they can uh, bill you. That's, that's a- one of the reasons for registration.
0: And they also want your name and address so they can look you up in their system to see if there's any warrants out for your arrest, so they have a reason to put some uh, bracelets on you and put you in one of their cages. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Corby in Florida. Corby, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Lauren, and Mark.
8: Hey guys, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about. So, I always heard you mention voluntary society and like it's your own property, you can do whatever you want. And my question was about private security firms that you always advocate. Um, one, can anybody become a private security guard or do you need a license or what's going what to be the process for that? Just put a sign on Craigslist saying, I am a private security firm.
3: You could do whatever you wanted to. I'd do. like to point out that you're, you're you're using the "you" as in a plural here, and and I'm not part of the "you" you're talking about.
0: Okay. Right. Whoever is yeah, yep. that? Mark? Yeah. Advocates. Okay. Mark does not advocate okay. uh, such things. I would advocate a voluntary society, and I would suggest that if you wanted to be a private security guard and not have any sort of training, uh, I don't know what kind of jobs you'll get hired for. But those who've actually been trained and those who've been certified by private security certification companies that are trustworthy will likely get the uh, the big contracts of the gated neighborhoods and the uh, you know the the, the the, you know the personal bodyguarding and things like that uh you'll they'll get the big contracts and you know you'll get the people that want to hire somebody who's just big you know to, to stand okay, by out. them or something i don't know it all depend. I mean, if you want to take the time in to, for instance, in the computer world today, there are people that have different certifications and different uh, ways to prove that they've been trained in certain areas. And those people have a certain value in the marketplace compared to somebody like me that has none of those uh, training certifications. And I can just tell you, well, I could do that for you. I won't be able to charge you as much because I don't have the certification. I, don't, I may not have the same portfolio uh, that some of the competition does. So I think the private okay. security market would work in uh, somewhat of similar fashion.
8: But what if one company said, we get your stuff back, we waterboard, we pull your fingernails, we drown <laughs> your kids, we get your stuff back. We'll, we'll go into every house on that block until we find your stuff. What if one company does that and there's a market for that in a free society? What about that? What do you do?
3: I suspect there would be.
1: No. I, mean, uh,
8: about, they, oh, they, I want my stuff back. The, you know,
1: I, the insurance companies talk with each other and they have interlocking agreements uh, in a voluntary society. And if you are going into people's houses and waterboarding them looking for some stolen TV set or something, that's bad for their customers. They're not going to allow it. I
8: agree, but somebody else may say "I it's not a TV set. It's a picture of me with my secretary. My wife finds that I lose $3 million in my house and my kids. You know, I'll pay whatever. I mean, is that kind of well, – that, that is, there, is there a bureaucracy that says they, they, could, they lose their license now? I mean, that, that's what I would wonder.
3: Well, if yeah, I don't are, think that they'd need to lose your license if you got, uh, um, you, w- you probably wouldn't need to lose your license if you got penalized for something. I mean, because at that point, what you're talking about is hiring somebody for murder or, uh, or, or assault or something like that, which to me makes you just as guilty of it. Yeah, of if it. you're
0: going in and turning somebody's house upside down, looking for something, and you, you, know, you don't find it, uh, you're wrong about that, then you'll be exposed to some pretty severe liability, I think. Thank you for the call tonight. All right. Thanks, Lauren, for coming in. I know you probably have other things to be doing with
9: your time, but hour number two is on the way. You can dial in about anything.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want as we launch here into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it is Ian with you. Also joining us here, uh, Lauren Canario has decided to actually stay and hang out with us for an indefinite period of time, perhaps for the rest of the show. Uh, I had originally thought she was uh, simply going to be a guest, but she's actually turned into a co-host. So welcome to the the uh, the Free Talk Live crew, Lauren. Hey everybody. <laughs> and Mark's here as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, take your calls about whatever you want, and we'll start things out by going to the amp line where Xander is in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Xander.
10: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call.
0: What's on your mind tonight, Xander?
10: Uh, well, actually, I was thinking about uh, just not too long ago. Uh, was it was it Walter Cronkite who died?
0: Yeah, yeah there has been mean, a handful of old newsmen who have died within the last few months.
10: Yeah, and you know they would often talk about like, you know, the, good, the the good old days of news when they would investigate and stuff, and and you know you hear about oh, well, the, the mainstream media like liberal media and stuff. It, it, it's not even that. It's just like all. Is soft? What's going to catch people's attention? Bread and circus kind of stuff, you know, Britney Spears and all this kind of stuff. And I just wonder, is it? Is it? Has it gotten worse? Has it really gotten worse over time, or are we just?
0: Your question is: he, Has has mainstream news gotten worse over time?
10: Yeah, yeah. And do you think it's going to change at all? I don't know.
0: I don't have uh, much perspective, uh, Mark. Lauren, your <laughs> thoughts
1: on? Yeah, back in the 60s, it used to be that uh, the news wasn't as hard-hitting, really. Uh, they just uh, would, you know, repeat the government's, uh, you know, press conference lines. And then came uh, this this uh, phenomenon, was 60 Minutes, was where they would actually go out and interview people and get, you know, some hard news and investigate, you know, people's wrong- wrongdoing and stuff. And it became a, a big hit. And that, I guess that fade, that fit that is uh passing away now because people are not interested so much in real time investigation and you know um you know getting behind the scene and whistleblowing and uh are they I, not I as love interested?
3: 60 minutes whenever I get a chance to see it but the, obviously I'm not I don't love it enough because I don't have regular television and I don't watch it
0: what would be interesting to hear from and obviously this isn't going to happen uh but to have someone like a John Stossel come on the show and someone who's actually been in the news business commenting on some of the trends maybe that they've seen because what you just sounded like what you just said lauren was that uh in the past in the 60s it they weren't really hard hitting then they got hard hitting
3: and now it's not so much anymore
1: that's the way i see it
3: that's your interpretation uh mark do you have any observations on that uh, i i really don't i mean you know i i didn't i don't watch that much news yeah i can't say i really do either that's why i i'm not even going to comment on that xander
10: yeah, it just seems like when I have to even get anything close to what I consider would be important news I have to go digging around on the internet really and and, and hopefully that'll expand and, and whatever. But it just it I was just wondering for someone with who might have been a little bit older for a little, per, little perspective. Well, you know, don't worry, good don't worry, Xander.
0: The stuff. FTC is investigating the news industry. I saw the story on that. I, I think know. it was yesterday. The Federal Trade Commission has launched some sort of a hearing session or investigation where they're going to be looking at the state of the news business and how the internet is affecting uh, the news business. And I don't know what's going to come out of that process, but it probably won't be anything too good.
10: Yeah, I'm sure they're not going to report about how there was like a general on every news station at wartime to make sure they don't say too much. I remember that little thing going around during the Iraq war.
0: Yeah, they but, may just uh, yeah. decide that they, they may just decide that the old news gathering organizations are still valuable, and that uh, we need them around. So let's get them subsidized. We need to get some government money. We need a news bailout because and, they've been tossing that around. <laughs> yeah. Not the FTC, but uh, the, the, there there have been uh, people, you know, the idea people out there in Washington D.C. have been talking about a news bailout uh, to to oh. some extent. I, I, I've heard rumors. Um, and maybe when the FTC comes back and says, well, it's it's true, the newspapers are really hurting and uh, newspapers are still valuable to some people. So let's keep them alive with government subsidies. And, you know, what they're really valuable to is the government because the newspapers have historically been uh, t- line towing government propaganda pieces and very, very in favor of the, uh, the almighty state. So the government certainly doesn't want its cheerleaders to go away. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened.
3: And clearly, they're they're going to get only more so uh, cheerleaders and less likely to uh, to to you know to report on the government. You mean if they're getting money, getting bailouts? Yeah. I mean, I could just I can totally see you know there, imagine for a second that there's this completely insane uh, man in Washington who says we have to give that free talk live program. $50,000 a month to make sure that they stay on the air because they're preserving freedom in America. Mm-hmm. And then that guy does something <laughs> antithetical to freedom. I'm going to have a harder time roasting that guy over a spit. Because <laughs> he's paying your mortgage. Because yeah. of 50 $50,000 a, a, a month, yeah, I'm going to have a difficult time with that. So, I mean, just that, that's just how it goes. That's, yeah, that's pap- real life.
0: The papers will be owned, and then, of course, if they continue to fail, just like the car companies, the government can just take them over entirely, and we'll have state newspapers it be like china
1: can't have free free uh, competition because that would require the government to to uh, have fingers in too many people or to have control over too many people and they can't control that many.
0: right people. so you know they'll let some of the papers go out of business and then
3: the rest of them they can take over it's easier to control people if you have your fingers in them
1: thanks
0: Xander, for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 we're going unscreened to the amp line you're on free talk live who's this
11: this is dan in pennsylvania
0: dan you're on free talk live the and lauren and mark what's on your mind
11: Hey, I just wanted to give you an update on my insulin situation.
0: Oh, okay. You're the gentleman who had ordered insulin from Canada. They had attempted to ship it to you, but the wonderful folks at the FDA managed to intervene and save you from yourself uh, and force you to have to go down to the local store and pay full price rather than getting it at half the cost through Canada. Uh, so what is your, uh, your update?
11: Well, it turns out that uh, even according to their own rules, it's none of their business. Uh, <laughs> apparently, this happens a lot. And further, apparently, they have absolutely no uh, legal power to uh, to confiscate. Uh, and if I were to order it again, I mean, I guess they could confiscate it. But in the first place, less than 1% of all packages are checked. I suppose really? that far less than 1% are insulin. And so basically, I just got unlucky. And if I went ahead and ordered again, there's nothing they could do to me legally. So I don't know if. Where did you
0: ascertain this information?
11: Uh, From their website, the FDA's website.
0: Oh, the FDA's website. The FDA.
11: Yeah, the the FDA's uh, the information on their website contradicts the information in the letter they sent me. And uh, furthermore, I (laughs) all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that?
3: Sorry, Ian just said it was shocking, and I I was indicating that the government contradicts itself constantly. Right, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what their rules
0: say. They can take whatever the hell they want, and good luck trying to get your hands on that stuff. It's gone, right? I mean, there's no real process you can go through to get that back. That's
12: true. but
11: even if, say, I am extraordinarily unlucky and they confiscate 10% of what I order, I'm still saving money compared to what I would be spending if I just bought it locally. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and just keep, you know, I'm going to on my nose of them and just keep ordering it. Yeah,
0: give it another go. See if it happens again. Any chance you'll get your stuff back? Probably not. Because
13: okay.
11: it's, uh, by now it's probably spoiled because uh, mm. you have to refrigerate it to keep it at its, uh, you know, potency level.
3: Well, if you die of some horrible disease, you're doing it for America, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll warm your heart <laughs> as you're lying in your deathbed that uh, the FDA... Was the organization that doing it you. to keep you safe all right, Dan, anything else you want to share tonight?
11: Yeah, actually, I had some comments about the the ongoing uh struggle between you guys about the the objectivist philosophy.
0: Okay, I'm not sure where uh, the struggle is, but okay, go ahead with your thoughts. Well,
11: maybe it was uh, a struggle that I had with some thoughts of my own and what you were saying um, it, it seemed to me. I'm talking to you, Ian, that, okay, the, the the first tenet of the objectivist philosophy is that reality exists outside of your consciousness. And you rejected that on the grounds that, as you say, reality is more than meets the eye, which is just a rephrasing of the same thing.
0: Okay. Uh, so No, I don't know okay. if that's a rephrasing of the same thing. I, all I was saying was I don't know if I could say that definitively. I think that's what all the evidence points toward. But I don't know if I want to take that as a definite. I think I'd like to leave my, uh, my options open there. Does that make sense?
11: Well, yeah, but it seemed that you were arguing that point from the standpoint that involved the rephrasing of this proposition.
0: Not sure what you're getting at. We can come back to you here in a moment. It's 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Apparently we haven't talked about this quite enough. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Lauren. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. Uh, Those features, by the way, include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to prove they listen to the show. See them over at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you are a lady listener, you can learn how to get involved in the Shrine. Shrine shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, have you ever wished you didn't have to push the shopping cart all the way back to the store or didn't have to make so many trips to get the groceries into the house? For the last month or so, at my house, we've been using TOTASAK, and they're a handle made of 100% recycled material and designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to TOTASAK.com, that is spelled TOTASAK, dot com, and get a family pack today. Totasac, they carry more than you can, a lot more. TOTASAK.com. All right, we continue here taking your calls. Dan is on the line in Pennsylvania. And, Dan, uh, you've uh, you've called to rehash the objectivism conversation. Uh, we've been talking over a series of shows with various different people about what objectivism is and why I'm not an objectivist. And I'm not an objectivist because, number one, objectivists are warmongers from what I've seen. And uh, according to Lauren Canario, who's sitting here with us, and uh, she spent 20 years as an objectivist, so she got to meet and get to know a number of them, that was her experience as well. So that would be enough for me right there, but then I went to the Objectivism Wikipedia article, and the first sentence says uh, basically that objectivism holds that reality exists independent of consciousness, and that's what you've called to uh, to take issue with here. You said that I simply rephrased that statement, and I, I kind of disagreed with you saying that no, I don't. I didn't think I rephrased that statement when I said that there's you know, more to meets the eye than uh, to reality. Uh, what I was saying is that I don't know if that's necessarily true, so I'm not going to go out on that limb.
11: Well, I, I kind of want to apologize because it's, it's sort of a lateral approach to the point I wanted to make, and I also sounded a little more confrontational than I intended to. But my point was uh, going to be, and I'm actually starting a blog, this is going to be my first post about it, how... Knowledge generally spreads in a viral fashion, like you know we 're told as children, the government is good, you know if you don 't believe in taxes, you want the poor to starve, etc, etc et etc cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. and those things are little sound bites of information lodged in children 's heads and then eventually grow into worldviews sure and the same thing happens from what I can tell with the liberty movement we We may be saying things which are completely true, but is in, unless you can answer why something is true, then you, you base, I, I don't think that we're ever really going to start changing people's minds to the point where there can be a paradigm shift that will you know, let us transition into a free society until we can answer why things are true. And that requires more of a knowledge of philosophy, and that in turn requires a acknowledgement of objective truth. Which it seemed like you guys were kind of opposed to in, in the last couple of shows.
3: I'm uh, opposed to objective truth. How so? Uh,
11: well, not was that Mark?
3: Yes, Mark.
11: No, I'm no, not you, Mark. I meant Ian because.
3: Oh well, you said I mean,
0: you guys. It, yeah, when you said you guys. You got a Y chromosome here.
11: The question is whether your mind defines reality or whether reality itself is definitive. Because if reality itself is definitive, then you can answer. Questioned why uh if your mind defines reality then there's no real way to do that without contradicting yourself
0: well i'm not going to go out on that limb because i don't want to answer that i don't Mm -hmm. feel comfortable answering that question because i don't know and i there's no way i could ever know for sure there's 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 an answer that makes it easy to live and that is that reality is objective and that uh, you know i've observed certain things and i can draw conclusions based on that but I think it would be, I don't know, I, I think it's a little presumptive to say that uh, I know for sure that that's all true.
1: But even if it—if you were a, a brain in a tank, there would still have to be a reality in that the tank. That I could define, sure,
0: yeah. That, yeah, that was being presented to me. That's sort of me. my point, yeah. yeah. Okay. There uh, you go. It,
11: even if you were a character in a video game, if you ceased to exist, well, that video game would continue to exist. If we were just, you know... Uh, uh, the windfish's dream, Then, when the windfish wakes up, we disappear, but the windfish exists. And that's a Le- Legend of Zelda reference for the video game geeks out there. But uh, the point is that existence exists, as Ayn Rand would say, and that there's sort of, I guess, what Wes Bertrand from the Complete Liberty podcast, he would call that small-o objectivism, just the idea that that truth exists, and that reality exists, and that our our senses can perceive it, but have no bearing on Uh, you know, on its nature. And I I really, I I guess the thought hasn't been completely uh, hashed out on my part, but it will be soon. (laughs) But the point is that just issuing soundbites like liberty is good, free markets work, are not going to have the influence that a whole body of thought based on objective truth that explains why free markets work and why liberty is good and why sticking a gun in somebody's face and telling them to pay you taxes is immoral, would have.
0: Okay, I see where you're coming from on that. Uh, I don't know if I if I feel like I need to explain philosophy to people, because I, for one, don't really understand very much of it. Uh, I don't know if I, sh- if I need to understand philosophy and have to explain it to people to get them to understand that hurting their neighbor is wrong. I think that most people inherently know these things. I don't think they need to know who Ayn Rand is or know uh, who all these philosophers are out there and have any sort of conceptualization of what all that stuff is, because I came to these conclusions without knowing any philosophy. I mean, I'm sure I absorbed some of it. I wouldn't know what it was called, whatever the philosophy is that I've absorbed over the years from the various different people that have influenced me uh, from Harry Brown on down the line. uh, I'm sure I've absorbed bits of objectivism and bits of whatever the hell else is out there. Uh, I I can't categorize it all. And I can't say for sure this came from there and this came from over here. But I can tell people how I feel about uh, how the world works. And I think that most people agree that being violent toward their neighbors is, is unacceptable. So it's it's just a, a matter of getting them to see that the government is violent. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, think you need to teach philosophy to them to get them to understand yeah, that. Yeah,
3: and I don't think objectivism can claim that violence against the neighbor um, neighbor thing is bad because, first off, they don't necessarily stick by it um, 100%. And secondly, they were talking about that in Jesus' time. I, you know, we, we could just as easily say Christianity's uh, created that. So you know, it's just a bunch of different philosophies all kind of get mixed together, and I don't know why we have to have a label like objectivism.
11: Well, I agree with you. We don't need to label objectivism. My point is just that we have something more than sound bites. I mean, when I was a little kid, if you had asked me, is sticking a gun in your neighbor's face in order to pay for your other neighbor's well-being moral, I would have said no. And, you know, I, I understood as a very young child that, you know, that sort of thing was bad. But then because I was exposed to all this, as Neil Stevenson would say, promiscuous knowledge where it just spreads like a virus. The, you know, these easy to accept ideas that have no basis in objective reality as a, as, you know, growing up. By the time I was 21, I was a full on statist. And, it, and mm-hmm. the, the only way that I can explain how I was basically a voluntarist as a child, I mean, from, you know, from my earliest politically aware moments to becoming a neocon by the time I was 21, and then having to unlearn everything i had learned over that, you know, 10 or 15 year period over the next two or three years in order to become a voluntarist again is that I never asked why and I was never encouraged to ask why. I accepted things that were told to me because they sounded good. How and old are you now if never... I might ask, Dan? What was
0: that? How old are you now?
11: I am twenty five and I was it was May twelfth of two thousand six when I became a voluntarist. So okay. that makes it three
0: So it didn't year-ish. take you it didn't take you that long to get from neocon to voluntarist. A couple of years, two or three years, right?
11: four years yeah but it was it was learning from the basis of objective truth and building on the foundation of you know non contradictory
0: facts glad it worked, worked out for you dude point. i appreciate the call tonight more on the way you take control it's free talk
3: live On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The walking liberty half is a fantastic coin for the beginner investor and those who want usable silver should a monetary collapse occur. This coin is widely accepted as one of the most beautiful ever made. It's served our grandparents for more than 40 years, and you can get them for $8.69. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live.
0: You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them to you. They include... The bulletin board system, the archives, and the wiki, and more. We give it all away at freetalklive.com. Now, one thing we can't give away, but we can get you a pretty darn good price on, would be British sovereign gold coins. You can get them for $266. These are 22 carat, 0.2354 troy ounces of gold, which is a hair shy of a quarter ounce. Now, the British Sovereign is world-renowned and has been used by the military for emergency monetary use, commonly sewed into the clothing of a soldier, knowing it would be recognized for its gold value in all parts of the world. And so uh, this is a, a pretty well-known coin here, the uh, the British Sovereign, available for $266. You can get that at gold.freetalklive.com. You can also call toll free 877 877- That's gold.freetalklive.com, 877-857-9938. Let's continue taking your phone call. Steve is in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve.
14: Hey, I was going to ask you guys um, if you'd heard anything about this Mark Lloyd guy with the FCC.
0: Mark Lloyd. I do not think... Yeah,
14: he's the new czar, but he's not a czar. uh, Basically, he's wanting to Tax radio broadcasting. Oh, that's going to work. Broadcasting of any nature, satellite, whatever it might be.
0: No, this is news um, to me. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I get the industry emails from within the radio industry, and I hadn't spotted anything like that. But it's possible I missed it. So he yeah, wants to tax yeah, yeah. all broadcasters.
14: All broadcasting, um, and basically what it would be is 100% tax, um, and it would be you know it would give, it would then go to like NPR or, or any kind of state-run media so basically i think with the idea from what i've gathered that they're trying to do you know get away you know kind of uh push radio
0: out the door Mark Lloyd, chief diversity officer of the Federal Communications Commission, this from CNSnews.com, called for a confrontational movement to combat what he claimed was control of the media by international corporations and to reestablish the regulatory power of government through robust public broadcasting and a more powerful FCC. Because the FCC just isn't powerful enough, apparently. Lloyd expressed his regulatory call in his book, uh, Prologue to a Farce, Communications and Democracy in America. In the book, he said that public broadcasting should be funded through new license fees charged to the nation's private radio and television broadcasters. Exactly what you're saying there, Steve, Uh, and that new regulatory fees should be used to fund eight new regional FCC offices. Pretty thanks for, scary, huh? Yeah, thanks for giving me the heads up on that, because I had not heard anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't heard anything about any, it either. uh Any comments, anything you want to add to that?
14: I mean, it just, honestly, it scares the hell out of me, because, you know, we'll no longer get to hear you guys, probably, because, frankly, it'll just drive private business out.
0: Well, you know, it depends on how much the fees are, I guess. The uh, radio stations will do their best to pass the costs on to the advertisers and try to stay in business, but you're right, it could and certainly drive some I, some, some people out is, of business. Uh,
14: what I've heard is 100% tax on your operating expenses per year.
0: A 100% tax on, so you're saying the overhead for the radio station, they would essentially have to pay into whatever the FCC fund is? I'm,
14: yeah, I'm saying uh, 100% tax on um, your operating expenses, whatever that entails. Uh, you know, I don't own a business or anything, so I don't know what would entail operating expenses, but whatever that is for the year your text 100 percent on
0: wow that's so crazy. like Sounds example
14: crazy. example uh i guess rush limbaugh you know gets paid 35 million a year they would have to pay 35 million, $35 million a
0: year so so because, we're talking about know, doubling costs or right. or basically having the uh, the pay of the various different talents out there so they can pay the other half to the federal government
14: exactly which would then go to npo or or you
0: know, whatever Thanks for the heads up on that. I'm going to dig through this story a little bit more, see uh, we can find NDR out. NPR produces a Thanks really,
3: really great product right now. What do they need more money for? They're doing fine. They're probably doing as well, if not better, than other radios. Well, then they could have
0: NPR 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, like they got the BBC They four, could five. have
3: that if they wanted it. All they have to do is, I mean, there, there are competing PBS programs out there. You could very easily start another PBS uh, station in your town and, and provide people with competition in that area. I mean, I I'm sure that you could split that audience and and still do quite well.
0: You know, the FCC has shut down uh, regional offices over time. They don't have as many today as they used to in the past. They don't have monitoring stations, for ins- uh, for instance. They don't they don't do a lot of the things that they had. The done. people imagine that they do.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They, people imagine. Would that you guys may-
14: do like a pirate radio? Would we do pirate radio? Well, we. And if it a- came to it, you know, would you to still get your message out? Would you still?
0: Oh, well, we don't discourage uh, pirate broadcasts today. We How have would hand-
3: we put up pirate stations all over America, we I guess have, is what the question is. We, we have
0: that. a handful of pirate radio stations running this show right now. So would we do it? No, we pr- we produce a radio show, and we make it available to people that want to distribute it. Uh, so it's up to you to do the pirate I radio show. Gotcha. Does that make sense? I understand. I understand. Thank you, Steve, okay, for the call well, tonight.
8: That's pretty much all I had. Yes, so. sir.
0: I appreciate hearing from you. All right, so here's uh, some more of the story on this particular issue because, well, it's news to me. And actually, apparently, the news just hit today on this. The offices that he's proposing, again, eight new regional FCC offices would be responsible for monitoring political advertising. Apparently, that's the FCC's job, uh, according to this guy. Uh, And commentary, children's educational programs, number of commercials. Because
3: kids listen listen
0: to the radio all the time for educational programming. And how about this one Mark content ratings of the programs content ratings They have it for TV now they're talking about maybe doing it for the radio where you will have you know M for mature or or PG or whatever rating system they come up with He says, uh, according to the story here, frequently referencing one of his heroes, left-wing activist Saul Alinsky, Lloyd claims in his book that the history of American communications policy has been one of continued corporate control of every form of communication from the telegraph to the Internet.
3: The the United States government is a corporation, and he's proposing to have greater control on radio. So all he's talking about is different corporate control. That's correct.
0: But if he says it's corporate control, then no one pays attention to the fact that the U.S. government is, is a corporation. How many leftists realize that? How many people who rail against corporate America realize that corporations were created by the government to protect people in, in business and that the government itself is a corporation in that it's a you know concept, a legal fiction that people made up? I don't know. I mean, they. I don't mean think what, very many of them They do. mean
3: what they mean by it, and what they mean by it is businessmen, big companies that are ruining the world. Right. They mean businessmen. They mean people in search of a profit. That's what they mean when they say corporations. Usually, they mean big, uh, you know, people that are in the big businesses, though.
0: Lloyd claimed neither technology nor liberal reforms uh, have been able to overcome the damage caused when government fails to give everyone an equal voice. He says, citizen access to popular information has been undermined by bad political decisions. These decisions date back to the Jacksonian Democrats' refusal to allow the post office to continue to operate the telegraph service.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He... This jack, Bring back the telegraph. This jackball, this one we'd still be using if the government yeah. was in charge, for God's sake.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This guy is a throwback Luddite. And this guy is
0: the communications, uh, the Federal Communications Commission chief diversity officer. God. He, uh, throughout history, Lloyd said the most powerful communications tools were deliberately placed in the hands of one faction in our republic, commercial industry. Neither progressive era reforms nor new communications technologies have been able to correct the problems resulting from government abdication of a responsibility to advance the equal
3: capability of citizen discourse. Equal capability of citizen Discourse.
1: He's trying to say the government uh, controlled everything, but they've abdicated their their rightful role, and now they should get bring it back. Again.
0: Right. See. So right. The government has stepped away uh, and and allowed this uh, you know the corporate America situation to take over the the radio, the broadcasting industry, and now the government needs to get back in so the little guy can have a chance at getting on the radio.
3: I, the little guy can call in it right now at 1-800-259-9231 and That's get on true. the radio. And if he has any complaints about that, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't see why he would go to the government to get on the radio. He can call right now. The
0: toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Of course, he's not acknowledging the fact that the FCC prevents the little guy from getting their own radio station and only sure. allows. And he's not going to be opening up the market. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free. So enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, they've got it. And it's the same great Amazon prices. It's just that Amazon's sending us a cut of their profits because we're sending them the business. So start your shopping through amazon.freetalklive.com and i i tell you uh, our callers do some of the best show prep because they come across stories that i just don't i don't see and thanks uh, to steve from south carolina for calling to give us a heads up on this one because it could be affecting the radio you might be listening to right now the story is from cnsnews.com where they're talking about mark lloyd who's the chief diversity officer of the federal communications commission calling for a what he describes as a confrontational movement to combat the evil corporations that are currently running uh, some of the radio stations that you might be listening to this uh, radio program on. And after blathering on about his influence uh, by political activist uh, Saul Alinsky, he then goes on to enumerate, or I guess this is his book, and they are kind of reprinting it here at cnsnews.com, enumerate six goals for wrestling control of communications from corporate interests, that he claims control it. So let me go down these points here. You might find them
3: interesting. Well, there's there, there's no doubt that uh, corporate interests control radio in that uh, you know they're they're businesses and they're trying to provide the, the services that they believe are going to be best for their customers, right? Well, most businesses have
0: incorporated themselves, so most radio stations are run by what you would call a corporation. But obviously, they're people. And corporations are just file folders that the government created to allow protection for the people that are running those corporations, but he, so he's making it sound like you know this is a big task trying to wrestle control of communications from the corporate interests. You guys granted those uh, licenses in the first place, and you, the FCC, prevent the little guy from getting those, those licenses. Sure. If we wanted to start our own radio station, Mark, it would it's be very difficult, if not
3: impossible. I don't know what the application fee is, but you have to put it in during the application window. I don't know when that is either. You essentially have to buy an expensive, uh, you know, uh, FCC attorney of a, uh, an expensive FCC attorney in order to get one of these uh, these licenses. Then you have to do engineering studies, which cost a great deal of money and all kinds of things. Basically, right. for the
0: amount of the application and the engineering study. You could have your own studio built with a,
3: tr- with a transmitter on 24 hours a day. You could do it even, uh, you know, much less if you didn't even bother building, you know, the studio out of your house or something.
0: That's what I mean, yeah. just I, I just mean the cost of the, whatever the bare minimum equipment you would need, just for the application fee. You could, you could probably, the application fee would probably pay for your transmitter. I'll oh, bet the application fee is uh, five figures, dude. Okay, maybe so. I don't know. It's, it's all speculative. It I've, I've been to their website to try to find what the application it's, it's fee is. It's ponderous to even figure it out. Right, it's very difficult. So here are his six goals. and These are his initial goals, so that means he's got more planned for down the line. But initially, number one, end the federal subsidy of commercial media, particularly cable and broadcast television. Broadcasters should pay for the great privileges of a federally protected license to operate a business by using the publicly owned spectrum. Are radio stations getting subsidies? Mark, you ran a radio station at one time. Did you guys ever get a check from the FCC?
3: What the hell is he talking about? Never once. Um, you no, know, know. unless he's talking about non-coms running NPR programming. I couldn't tell you about that, but no.
0: And the federal
3: subsidy of
0: commercial media, particularly cable and broadcast television. Are cable providers getting federal subsidies? I, I don't understand that one. I don't know what he's talking about. Number well I guess maybe he could be saying it's a subsidy and that they're protecting them from competition by not allowing competition in the marketplace but you can't call it a subsidy if people are paying you for your licenses can you because all those people are paying the FCC cable broadcasters they're all paying the FCC for uh, for various different permission slips Number 2 the corporation for public broadcasting must be reformed along democratic lines and funded at a substantial level and he doesn't specify here, but as Steve suggested, he heard that they were talking about taxing radio stations at 100% of their operating costs and sending it on to the public broadcasters. So then he talks about how they should, uh, there should be different regions representing the country and a chairman should be appointed by the president, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He says funding should come from license fees charged to commercial broadcasters. Local public broadcasters and regional and national communications operations should be required to encourage and broadcast diverse views and programs, so local, regional and national communications operations should be required to encourage those that's interesting language, isn't it? <laughs> requiring you to encourage broadcasting of local views.
3: What does that mean? I don't know, but my local view is this guy's uh, crap sucks. I mean, it's just awful. But this is a bunch of socialism as though the government has ever granted equality to people and, uh, you know, accessibility. The government's the most inaccessible organization out there. Spectrum
0: allocation should be established that create clear preferences for public broadcasters, ensuring that regional, local, and neighborhood communities are all well served. Number three, the FCC should be fully funded with regulatory fees from broadcast, cable, satellite, and telecommunications companies. The FCC should should be staffing regional offices, matching those CPB regions at levels sufficient to monitor and enforce communication regulation, which means if you don't have the permission slip and you're trying to to provide local services to your local area by running your own pirate radio that's operation. What means. That's what uh, enforcement he, means. He wants to have more FCC agents out in the field, because right now all of the FCC agents are coming from a very few, I think maybe all of the monitoring agents are coming from D.C. That's what I thought was. That's what I my understanding is, where if somebody hears a pirate broadcast... They complain to the FCC. They then have to send somebody out to wherever that is because there aren't regional offices that are able to monitor these things. He's saying bring those back, get those uh, FCC thugs out into the field, and put a clamp down on anybody who's using the band without our permission.
3: Because that's been efficient so far. Well, you've
0: got to help the locals out, you know. Number four, universal service provided a support provided by all communications or commercial telecommunications providers to fund access to advanced telecommunications services should be expanded to all nonprofit organizations, including higher-level academic and vocational schools, community centers, and 501c3 organizations. Universal service—that's that fund that you pay for, right? The universal service fund. Have you seen that on your phone bill where no. it says universal service fund? And there's—it's a federal tax mm-hmm. that uh, that goes to provide. Something I don't know. He's saying make that fund larger, send it to more more entities. That's what he's saying there. So sure. Look for look for more. Because welfare works. That's good. your phone bill. He's talking about. This isn't just radio here. He says all commercial telecommunications providers should be funding these other 501c3s, vocational schools, community centers, and that sort of thing. So. Look for the Universal Service Fund amount on your phone bill to go up if this guy gets his way. And he's on the FCC, so new tax. you can expect that he
3: will. We need new taxes.
0: The old ones are not good enough. Here's a confusing one. Postal subsidies should be fully restored to small, independent, nonprofit presses. Postal subsidies should be reduced for commercial and business operations. The Postal Service should be returned to congressional control with the central mission of ensuring that all Americans have access to the post. The FCC is now talking about the post office and what should happen with it. It's saying that he did he just say there that the that the post office needs to be 100 percent government again, because it's sort of a quasi privatey, semi private organization in that it operates with its own budget, but it also gets money from the federal government. He's saying bring it all back under the fold. It needs to be full on federal government. Sure. I mean, that's what
3: uh, 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 a guy who's talking like this absolutely has to believe something like that. I mean, he's just a socialist, you
0: know. And if you're a nonprofit press, he's saying that the post office will subsidize your delivery rates while reducing the rates for the bulk uh, the bulk mailers. Or uh, excuse, excuse me, increasing the rates for bulk mailers and then uh, subsidizing if you're a nonprofit. I've got to
3: say that uh, you know the post office's method of, uh, of 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 funding right now annoys me. Um, if you think that the post office is a is a real business now and that it stopped being a government agency back in the 80s. All you have to do is go to cato dot org and read their article about the post the office history of it. And well, just no, yeah. it's not the history; it's currently well the kind of money that the post office gets out of the federal government. The fact is, they run in the red every single year, and they are not a, a private business. They just simply are not. But they they are currently basically getting funded through these bulk mailers and. You know, it's a junk mail service. That's all it is. And, yeah, pretty and much. I, I don't.
0: What do I get from it? Not much beyond that. How and many some letters
3: bills. do you send in a in a given month? Let me get the to number six. It's Mark. all pizza b- ads and, and tire. Number ads.
0: six. This is the sixth and final step. Or the first. Excuse me. Sixth initial step. There's more, but we don't know what they are yet. Public secondary schools should be required to include civics and media literacy as part of their core curriculum. Testing on civic, media, and computer literacy should be required and national standards set. Required.
1: Indoctrinate the little
0: ones. Yeah, tell the little, uh, little kids that pu- the Corporation for Public Broadcasting is your friend that's good. and that those other corporations that are out there uh, providing bad. you radio, bad, bad. We want to tax them out of existence so you can have a public broadcaster uh, that you can tune to, and that's about it. All right, hour number three is coming up. You bring up anything, pretty chilling things coming out of DC's FCC. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch here into the third hour of the show. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their website. Ours, we give away. freetalklive.com. So last hour we were talking about a disturbing story from cnsnews.com about this character at the FCC called Mark Lloyd, who is apparently the uh, FCC diversity chief, and he's come up with some really disturbing ideas about how basically he wants to throw some more taxes and fees onto radio stations and other broadcasters, also increase, uh, for instance, your telecommunications fees, and take that money and funnel it into places like non uh, not-for-profits and, uh, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasters. And, of course, the uh, the question is, well, what will the fees be? I'm looking at one article that says it'll be 1% for small markets, 5% for larger markets. The guy was on the phone earlier said he heard it was 100% of operating costs. So there are all kinds of numbers that are up in the air right now. What it'll end up being, I don't know. But if there are fees tacked onto the radio stations, it will make it that much more difficult for them to do their business The stations are down. A lot of companies are down 20 percent because of the down economy and they're having a tough time. They've had to cut staff. Uh, It's it's not an easy situation out there. So adding more fees on for them to do business is going to make it that much harder for them to get the business done, possibly putting more of them out of business. It's a disturbing situation. But luckily, Free Talk Live doesn't charge our radio stations for uh, for taking our show, so they don't have to incur any additional costs at the very least to add Free Talk Live, which is, I guess, uh, maybe something that could be good in that we won't necessarily get kicked off the air unless the station goes out of business because uh, we aren't increasing their costs. Well, let's go to your calls about whatever you want. Uh, Dennis, I think with a related call, you're on Free Talk Live in New Hampshire.
15: Now, say what you guys want about that bastard at the FCC. I will always love the Corporation for Public Broadcasting because they brought me Mister Rogers, and he loves me just the way I
13: am.
1: (laughs) But with all this money going into the the, uh, National Public Radio, it's going to make it worse. Everyone's going to become lazy. They're not going to have to build, you know, make the excellent programs that they sometimes come out with now, and it'll it'll happen less and less often.
0: Right, if they don't have to actually raise uh, their operating budget from the public. If they can count on full funding from the federal government, then, yeah, you're right. The, uh, the Their programming will not be as quality.
15: Are, are you people saying that Mr. Rogers is going to go off the air? Because that would really disturb me. He, Isn't he Mr. Died. Rogers
0: dead? Yeah, he died, Dennis.
15: No, oh, fudge. <laughs> so, so hey I hear you guys are like number one in some or something on in Manchester, New Hampshire. I I saw an email from Ian that that crowed something like
0: that. Yeah, one of What's the uh, on? one of the many markets that we are uh, number one in, uh we are number one in women 35 to 44
3: in in Manchester, New Hampshire. And I knew it was bound to happen. Once the girls figured out I was on this show, that the, our ratings would spike in, in females. Well, I blame
0: you Dennis because you and uh and some of the other activists have been very busily and very uh, successfully handing out Free Talk Live flyers at concert events and things like that. And I'm sure that goes a long way to help people find our radio show on the air.
15: Oh, yeah. A lot of that has been, you know, one of the great things about the FSP is, like, the new people that show up. So um, for, like, a year or two, I was the lone crazy person handing out flyers outside of –
0: he was saying he was the lone crazy person handing out flyers outside of concerts. Uh, Dennis, are you still there? We're having some phone issues. Oh, Can you hear me now? Not particularly, but go ahead and give it a one more try.
15: <laughs> okay. well, it, uh, I'll try to help this out. Hey, school is getting started up, and uh, you know we still have lots of CDs left over of Free Talk Live for high schoolers going after them. So, you know, with, with school now underway, we're once again going to be uh, trying to get the Free Talk Live message out to people in high school. It should be fun.
0: Excellent. You know, that reminds me. I've got some of those CDs, and uh, we need to get those out here as well. And now, and now, what can, can people that are around the country utilize this, Dennis, or is it specifically for New Hampshire?
15: I suppose if they wanted to, like if they they shoot shoot an email to me or contact me on the FTL BBS, I'll, I'll give them access to the MP3s. They can burn their own cds if they want but you know what we really got in new hampshire is pretty organized with you know there's there's one guy who's looking up all the high schools in the big metropolitan areas you know when do they start when do they stop you know and organizing okay we're going to be here at this time you know and then activists have kicked in the money to where we have hundreds of these cds printed up it's it's easy to do when you've got an army of activists
0: no doubt about it how can people get in touch with you if they want to do try this in their area
15: uh, message me on the FTLBBS. That's probably the easiest way for, for FTL listeners.
0: And what is your and, uh, what is your uh, username on the FTLBBS?
15: D underscore Goddard.
0: D Goddard. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate the call tonight, sir. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything, let's talk about some other scary stuff coming out of Washington, D.C. This, I mean, this is just bad idea after bad idea. Fox News is reporting, and uh, this is really disturbing. In an effort to reduce the spread of HIV, public health officials are considering the promotion of universal circumcision. (sighs) Now, Lauren, you're gasping. Why?
1: It's horrid to think about.
0: Horrid. Why?
1: Because they're cutting the most sensitive parts off tiny infant people.
0: Yeah, are they going to make it universal for uh, women as well, or is it just universal circumcision for males?
3: Well, I think we all know that uh, circumcision for women is is just cruel torture uh, (laughs) that's propagated by the dirty Muslim folks, and not even all the dirty Muslim folks. It's the black African dirty Muslim folks, Um, whereas circumcision's good old-fashioned white folk stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really stupid nonsense. Circumcision's history. It's was, all mutilation. Yeah, absolutely. It's genital mutilation, whether you look at it or not. Circumcision's history in the, in this country was basically propagated by, uh, you know, Christian fanatics that thought that it was going to uh, cut down on masturbation and make make kids go to heaven. I believe it was uh, Kellogg and Graham. Was That's, it not uh, Kellogg's and uh, yeah, those guys, Graham crackers, Kellogg cereal, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, and historically, like, it was way popular way before that in the Jewish faith. Uh, sure. It's if uh, a young man's growing up and is uh, asked, you know, uh, uh, for protection from like uh, this church is trying to charge me ten uh, percent. They have all kinds of these rule. I can't eat this certain food. Help, help me, parents! Uh, and they go, Phew, we're not going to help you. Look what we did to you when you were little because they asked us to.
0: I'm, I'm a little I'm confused to. at that. Can you so re- can you rephrase
1: that? If uh, a child is asking to for pr- protection from their parents from any kind of religious faith mm-hmm. religious rules religious uh pr- punishments the the parents aren't going to protect their kid from the uh, the religious rules because look what they did to them when they were tiny tiny
0: in- infants because they were following the rules yeah. when they when they did that well, now it's going to be maybe a rule
3: for everybody. This is what
0: the uh, CDC is proposing. the uh, yes, Mark,
3: I, w- I just wanted to point out that circumcision is probably the uh, the the most widely prescribed procedure in the history of medicine. If you look at uh, the the history of what circumcision has been proposed to cure and solve over time, it's amazing. They just keep on changing the story, and it's just a procedure that doctors can make money on. This is yet another AMA union scam to, in order to uh, make money. Does, does circumcision really stop AIDS, which is what they're talking about here? Well, maybe in the few very, 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 very few instances, but I've got a better idea. Don't have sex with people who have AIDS.
0: The move comes after officials analyze the results of several studies that show in African countries hit hard by HIV, men who are circumcised reduce their infection risk by half, according to the New York Times. However, those studies focused on heterosexual men who are at risk of getting HIV from infected female partners. The main issue in the U.S. is men who have sex. With men, in 2008, the CDC estimated that more than 56,000 people were newly infected with HIV in 2006. Over half of those new infections occurred in gay and bisexual men.
3: And I would like to also point out that the strain of AIDS, supposedly, the HIV that they have in Africa is like the E strain versus the C strain that we have over here. And I don't know what the difference is, um, but uh, you know, it may, it may act differently, too. Critics of the recommendation said it subjects newborn
0: boys to medically unnecessary surgery without their consent. Well, I was subjected to that surgery without my consent. No one bothered asking me uh, when they did it. And so there's not much more here besides just a bunch of talk about, you know, HIV and how bad it is and that, you know, anything that we can do to stop HIV should be done. And we know that we, we all know that
3: only condoms give you AIDS.
0: An official draft of the proposed recommendations by the FCC, or excuse me, CDC, FCC, whatever, is due out by the end of the year. In the meantime, they're hosting their National HIV Prevention Conference in Atlanta. So it'll be yet another reason for parents to avoid hospitals, right? Because it's going to be the hospitals that are going to be the ones that are the primary uh, perpetrators of this particular program.
3: Well, don't say that crap on the FTL BBS. They'll come after you like you're uh, a maniac. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying.
0: Uh, You mean the people on the BBS, not Mm. the CDC. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. If you dial the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, that number is 1-800-259-9231. CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive dot com. We have live streams and there's a broadband version, a dial up version, even a webcam, all available for you to access at your leisure at listen dot freetalklive dot com. That's listen dot freetalklive dot com and SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and you know that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. These guys have the best equipment money can buy. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Now, I know, Mark, you had something you wanted to tell us about here, but Lauren mentioned to me that she had a question that uh, she wanted to ask our audience. So, uh, audience, pay attention if you have an answer for this. 800-259-9231. What did you want to get out there tonight, Lauren?
1: I wanted to uh, say, um, well, you know, I've been an atheist for a long time, maybe as long as I've been alive.
0: Really? <laughs> and you you were not of, raised in a, uh, a church? You're I was raised churched?
1: in a Catholic family, had to go to uh, the catechism and uh, learn all the rules and everything. But, but you never, were an atheist from day one? It never took, really. I see. <laughs> And, I was always
0: skipping church and trying yeah. to get out as much as I possibly could,
1: and and so uh, when I learned about uh, objectivism, they gave us some really cool arguments of logic, which uh, you know says a thing cannot be X and non-X at the same time and in the same manner. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But this require uh, if, if you uh re- you know uh expand it out a little bit, you'll see that it's a really good argument against God because God is usually Described as something that's a contradiction—that's uh, consciousness without form—that's you know uh, uh, has knows everything and can do anything and you know uh, completely. Uh, He's all you know, loving, yeah. even though
0: he'll send you to a fiery furnace so yeah, for, that's for okay. all eternity.
1: That's okay for him too. But uh, now that I'm older and I have a few arguments against God, uh, people that are theists go, "Oh well, you know, it's it's just a metaphor. It's you know they they." they backpedal, they get, they get all soft and squishy and they go, oh, well, it's not, uh, I didn't say that God really existed. I just said, you know, it's just a good thing to teach little kids. And I'm going, uh, little kids are the ones that you should teach logic to more, uh, thoroughly than anybody else. They're learning, you know, they're growing up, they're looking up to you. They're hoping that you teach them how to, you know, how to become a well, shouldn't a, they be fully fledged human beings?
0: Right. Shouldn't they be uh, ascertaining what their moral system is from their experience rather than being handed down from on high by some uh, man in a robe who says, OK, here's how you'll live your life. Well, can't we come to the the, the correct conclusions through our own lives and, and through our own experience of what's right and, and what's wrong? Is it really necessary to have that? that mentality of uh well here just follow these rules and you'll be okay kid uh, doesn't well, it make more sense to have them come to those conclusions on their own
3: um you know i'm by no means uh, an atheist I, I i'm a quaker and i i was at one time I, I i believe that there's you know some kind of god out there um i'm i'm a real pretty skeptical of the, some a lot of the things that are written in the bible but you know um, be that as it may i would say that to some extent the problems that i had in my uh late teens uh were uh Basically, based on the fact that I was told a bunch of lies um, in the form of the Bible, uh, it, it it doesn't it doesn't take much of a mathematician to figure out that the the Noah story is just some something you know that that's told. I mean, the way it's told in the Bible, it's just a story. It's just a story, and it's fine and everything as long as you realize it's just a story. Jesus told lots of allegorical stories. Nobody believes that in fact they are a seed that's thrown in rocky soil. They're not. They're a human being. They're not a seed. So I think that the Bible is an allegorical story in and of itself, and that's all fine. But if you were taught that instead of this biblical literalist crap, um, then... I think some kids. I think some kids have a reaction. I think I did. I think mm-hmm. that I said to myself, "This is crap. Therefore, morality is crap, and I will do what I want, any way I want, and get away with what I want." I wasn't taught morality for morality's right. sake. I was taught morality for the avoidance of hell's sake. And then I realized, "Oh, hey, hell's not real."
1: Right. And uh, if you're a parent, you want to bring up your kids. A- to avoid what happened to mark they want to tell you know bring them along tell teach them how to think for themselves and then they can evaluate if uh, a story is if the bible is just a story or if it's uh, actually you know a word of god and uh i was just commenting about how the theists uh you know they get all soft and squishy when an adult comes up with an opposition to the 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 concept of god oh, but really? they don't do that to kids they just tell them it's god it's you know god has a plan is, god is real god is right here god is going to punish you if you don't uh you know clean up your room and I've, I've been going geez give cut kids a little slack will you i mean at least tell them it's uh, a theory tell them that uh somebody else doesn't believe this don't tell them that this is absolutely true because it's going to hurt your kids they're not going to be able to figure out how to do things on their own or what's right or what's wrong.
0: It, it didn't cripple me too bad, but bit, that's because I was probably like similar to you when I was growing up in that I was very questioning toward the church. I remember really starting to ask some tough questions uh, when I was maybe 12 or 13 and continued asking tougher and tougher questions until I declared myself an atheist at uh, at age 16. I uh, now call I now consider myself a uh, pantheist. I've, I've moved on from, from atheism to that point. Uh, which basically, uh, the, the pantheism essentially says that if you want to use the term God, then everything that is, is is God. You know, we're all God, the microphones are God, everything is God. If the, if you insist on using that term, uh, then you well, could like describe God, it that way.
1: The same as existence, like yeah, e-
0: everything, everything is
1: existence, everything is God, you're just going to use the, the word God to, to right. say Right, there existence. is no
0: monotheistic, uh, the, the pantheist belief is that, you know, pan, meaning all, all is, is theism, all is God, uh, whereas the, the Christian belief And most of the world religions that I'm aware of, at least the popular ones in America, have a monotheistic kind of God in the sky, man with the beard, deciding, you know, if you've done right or done wrong, punishing you. Uh, That doesn't that world doesn't exist uh, from the pantheistic view. But uh, so, so what you're saying is parents bringing people, bringing their young children into these religions and inculcating them with these ideas and saying this is right. This is the way it is is damaging them and not allowing them to discover all those things for themselves? Right. Where and is the it, question? Did you have a question?
1: I mean, why why do you pick on little kids that way? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like, you know, a child abuse.
0: Well, they would. They might answer that. And if you want to answer the question 800-259-9231, I can speculate here for a moment on what they might say to that. Well, we're not picking on kids. We're just making it easy for them. We're just, we've are just we already figured out what, what's right and what's wrong, and we're just giving them an easy-to-follow guide. Why should they have to figure all those things out on their
1: own? We've already made the mistakes. Oh, because they're going to uh, experience situations that you haven't taught them about, and they won't know what to do.
0: Well, I mean don't kill, don't steal, don't covet your neighbor's wife. I mean these are pretty basic, right? I mean how could the situations be that much different to, to where those I don't think don't that apply? the morality
3: is really the issue. I think that the uh, the rules that the, you know the the suggestions, the rules that the Bible gives are generally by and large good ones. Um however, it's the punishment and the reason that one might do it. Kids are basically taught God's up in heaven. He's looking down. He's watching what you're doing. If you're not doing the right thing, he's writing it down in his book, and you're gonna go to hell. If uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't get Jesus to, to uh, you know wash your sins away and then repent of those sins, you're gonna go to hell. And then once you realize to yourself, you decide to yourself oh, that's just not a true story. Then you, what's the reason for being moral? No punishment, right? Right. Well, right. the reason for morality is morality's sake itself. It's it a good way to it. operate.
0: Talk more about that here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. You can add in as well. Free Talk Live.
1: This program is brought to you by FreeKeen.com. FreeKeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. FreeKeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. FreeKeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on that list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
3: Audible podcast. dot com offers over sixty thousand downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP three player. You can play them on your computer too. Um, you can try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at podcast dot com slash f t l. And uh, I know they have the the newest Terry Goodkind book, which I will be downloading here shortly. It's podcast dot com slash f t l toll-free numbers
0: 800-259-9231 we are talking with Lauren about religious sorts of things uh, lauren as a lifelong atheist you were questioning the religious parents uh, the organized style religious parents out there who have inculcated their young children with certain ideas certain moralities and uh, your basic question as i understood it was why are you messing with kids you know why, why not let them come to the understanding of why they should be moral on their own rather than just handing down a a moral code from on high, and then if later on, like Mark did, they decide to reject that when they are, say, 17 years old, they may go in a complete opposite direction as a result of that. Oh, well, there is no God, so therefore this moral code I've been handed down is uh, useless because I'm not going to burn in hell for all eternity, so I'll just go ahead and do whatever I want. Was I understanding
1: you correctly? Not only on the morality Issue, but also on the logic issue. If you describe God as all powerful and all knowing and everything, that's it's impossible to be everything. I mean, but that's how that's what they tell you. They tell the little kids uh, that th- this uh God is A, God is non-A at the same time in the same manner, and He knows everything, and uh He kills the entire population of the United of the of the Earth, uh but He says do not kill. Okay. Look, he is then, love you you yeah. mean
3: in the uh like the flood where he yeah. killed everybody, killed right. everybody but noah and his family. And, and, and the yeah. gods are the same yesterday today and tomorrow, but uh now that uh, we are in the under the new testament uh he's he's different,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the kids the kids know about logic when they're tiny when they're three years old, they know when they know about morality they know that uh if you if you break up a fight with between two little kids, they'll go, he did it, he did it, because they know that they weren't supposed to initiate the forest. They already know that stuff.
0: Well, the universe has wonderful ways of teaching you lessons, right? I mean, if you go out and you do something, some might call it karma, uh, you know, you go out and you do bad things, it's a good chance that bad things are going to come back around to get you. And I think that uh, people learn those lessons on their own pretty, pretty effectively. I don't think that they need to be handed down. But let only hear from you at 800-259-9231.
3: You know, it's, it's one thing if you teach your kids, uh, you know, whatever version of religion that you believe. But I think that for me, what uh, makes uh, is that don't teach morality for religion's sake, because – it's likely, very likely, just think about you and your relationship with uh, with God versus what your parents had. It's likely your kid's relationship with God is going to be different. They're going to eschew what it is that you believe and come up with what they believe. Mm-hmm. And if you tell them basically that, that uh, you, you must be good for the sake of not going to hell, what if they decide, like so many religions around the world, that there is no hell? Well, then they don't have to be good because the only reason to be good is not to go to hell. Well, in fact, that's a lie. If you want to operate well in this world, be moral for morality's sake because it will go well for you. Good for you. Good tell for you. your kids the truth in that respect. It's fine if you want to tell them to, um, that, you know, not only that you should be moral because God wants it, but besides that, God created a world where morality works. At the very least, don't uh, hobble them in that way. I think that's a great way to wrap
0: that up. Let's go to your calls. Daniel's on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. Hello. Daniel, you're on the yeah, air. Yeah,
12: I uh yeah, I've met some of my craziest friends in church.
0: And <laughs>
12: uh I uh I grew up going to church and uh I don't know, I kinda liked because I just went there and played and hung out, but uh I don't really uh believe in uh the Bible but uh I'm uh, I guess I'm a rare person that doesn't believe in it, but I like to talk about it and uh what used to really annoy me is when they'd always uh, give me the WWJD, what would Jesus do? And, uh, well, now I've been using that against people in church for uh, liberty. <laughs> talks, yeah. You know, I start saying, you know, hey, would Jesus lock somebody in the cage for this stuff? Right, you know, would hey,
0: Jesus bomb people?
12: Yeah. Yeah, well, Yeah. you know, hey, you don't have a license to ride that donkey. here. <laughs> <laughs> and I find, I find a lot of church people are intolerant. I'm not following the tolerance that uh, I've felt like I've imagined my Jesus, you
0: know. Yeah. I, well, I would say you're right about that. I think that if, if you know, Jesus, uh, there was a Jesus as was described, and if he did uh, come back and see what had, what has happened to Christianity uh, and the people that call themselves Christians, I think he'd probably be pretty disappointed.
12: Yeah, me too. So anyway, I'm just going to start my own church and – I think everybody at my church will be a preacher because people preach at me all day long. And wouldn't church be better if, you know, everybody stood up and just talked instead of just one guy sitting hey. there telling 52 people what to do?
3: I think that that's uh, – I think Jehovah's Witnesses do that. Certainly the Quakers do it too. Um, but if if you start your own religion, you can turn your house into a, uh, a house of uh, house of God, and then you don't have to pay taxes on it. Sweet.
12: Oh, man, that is sweet. All right, the more guys, reason.
0: Thanks. Hey, not oh. to mention the ten percent tithes. Talk about a great deal. Thank you for the yeah. call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I mean, if if uh, if I wasn't so darned honest, I could be a preacher and really kind of rake it in. I mean, we don't make money on the on the radio, Mark. We could do like a religious show or something like that. Give out an eight hundred number and charge people's credit cards all day long. We Just do like, a moral show. Yes, that's true. We do. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Uh, here's a story for you. 1,200 veterans wrongly told they got fatal disease Oh God! from the Associated Press. Now, Lauren, you are a veteran, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Uh, do, you, do you go to the Veterans Administration? <laughs> do you patronize their
1: services? No, no. From the stories I've heard, I would like to t- stay as far away from veterans' hospitals so as never, possible. So never? You've never I've gone. never been to one.
0: Well, good thing, because in Charleston, uh, and by the way, we're on the air in Charleston right now, uh, the Associated Press reporting that at least 1,200 veterans across the country have been mistakenly told by the Veterans Administration that they suffer from a fatal neurological disease. Oopsie! One of the leaders of the Gulf War veterans group says panic. veterans from Alabama, Florida, Kansas, North Carolina, West Virginia, and Wyoming have contacted the group about the error. Denise Nichols, the vice president of the National Gulf War Resource Center, says the VA is blaming a coding error for the mistake. Letters dated August 12th were intended to notify veterans who have Lou Gehrig's disease of disability benefits available to them. Calls to the VA were not immediately returned. On Monday, Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, is a rapidly progressive disease that attacks the nerve cells responsible for controlling voluntary muscles. Now, you could say here that well, you know, this could have been worse. There have certainly been a lot of worse stories that have come out of the Veterans Administration as far as the you know, the quality of care that the veterans are receiving. Uh, we've heard, I've heard stories from veterans who've told me that they believe their VA doctors are trying to kill them. Uh, all kinds of they're getting the wrong prescription. Yeah. I mean, there have been all kinds of, of screw-ups over the years. But can you imagine what it would be like to get a letter from your doctor saying... We're sorry to inform you this but you have Lou Gehrig's disease.
3: What? I mean, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, it's, it's there aren't too many worse
13: diagnoses.
3: We've we've
0: determined that you're suffering from a fatal neurological disease and uh you'll be needed to come in for treatment. Now it doesn't sound it sounds like they caught it before anybody came in to uh to get treated for Lou Gehrig's disease but Still, a, a disturbing story about a government botching it up again and probably ruining a few people's days. Mm.
1: How many people will be fired over this?
0: Um, that is an excellent question. Zero? Um, not, yeah, it's not very likely. They'll probably get a stern talking to, though. <laughs> Maybe. That's what they do to the military recruiters. When they, uh, they are discovered to have been Lying to young men and, and women and, and telling them just nonsense About you know what they'll get if they join The military, they find out they've been Lying to them, they find out they've been uh, f- Falsifying reports And documents in order to get them in and Then, then they, they offer
3: all those uh, recruits The opportunity to leave the military Oh no, 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 no they no. don't
0: <laughs> No, they just get a stern talking to, and that's what they claim You know, you, we don't even know for sure if it actually happens The head office, or whatever The regional uh, control office are for the recruiting offices, we'll, they'll always promise, well, we're, we're going to have a talk with our guys about this, and uh, you know we might reassign some of these guys somewhere else. And that's about all that ever happens. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. If you've got a Veterans Administration story you want to share with us, or, heck, on the other side, of recruiting story. Anything goes. It is your show. You can take control even in these remaining moments at 800-259-9231. And Mark, I think you've got an email you want to share. It's all mm. coming up on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Lauren. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things you can do to help get the show on more stations and get it into more ears around the world Uh, One of those things, as Dennis had called in earlier to mention, is is handing out things like flyers. It makes a big difference. If you've got Free Talk Live on a local radio station or if you just want to promote our website, go out to places where you think people who might be interested in hearing us uh, would be and print out some of these flyers and hand them to them. Let's go to your calls, uh, promote.freetalklive.com, where we can go to get those things. Katie is on the line. Ladies first, calling from Florence, listening to WVNA. Katie, you're on Free Talk Live. Katie? Are you there? Hi. Hey. Yes, I'm here. What's on your mind tonight?
12: Um, I was just curious about the difference between individualism and objectivism.
0: Well, I'm going to let Lauren field that one.
1: Yeah, individualism is a, a, a pretty uh, narrow concept. Uh, it's not a whole system of philosophy, which objectivism is. Individualism just is on one subject, just uh, shows or tries to say that uh, individuals are more important than groups are.
0: Does that answer your question?
8: Interesting. Yes, it
0: does. Do, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And uh, remember, if you're listening in Florence, you're listening a couple hours late, so you'll hear your call two hours from now. 800-259-9231. Uh, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, email box, what
3: do you have? Well, I've got a guy, um, an email from a uh, gentleman who's living in Charlottesville, uh, li- listening on uh, WCHV in Charlottesville.
0: Actually, he would only be listening to Saturday's
3: show. Okay. So he's not hearing this. No, no problem. I'll uh, let him know. He can download the... Uh, there we okay. go. So he says, I'm enjoying listening to your show, and I don't know whether it's you or Ian, but one of you has claimed twice in about the past month that Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution means that the Constitution prohibits a standing army in peacetime. I don't think I've ever said that um I, I what i try to say is that it's against the uh you know the the, the, intentions. the intentions of the founding fathers in the constitution uh against the spirit of the constitution that's what i generally try to say
0: because the uh, founding fathers had writings outside of the constitution that made it pretty clear that they understood that That uh, standing armies were a threat to
3: liberty. So he goes on, and and he may very well rebut even that statement. Um, This is mistaken. The clause only says that Congress can appropriate money for the military, and I think it was the Army, actually, for no longer than two years. It means that the appropriations for the military must be revisited every two years. But then Congress can either reduce military spending, leave it the same, or increase it. Congress has never taken the clause to mean that it should disband the military. Of course they wouldn't take right. that clause. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean why fact, would
0: they? I mean the military is power and uh, the the uh, having the the standing army means they've got more money they can spend and tax and and control.
3: And well he goes on and this one I think is uh, even more relevant here is in fact during the debate over the ratification of the constitution when the anti-federalists objected that there was not any provision in the proposed constitution to discourage a peacetime Standing Army, Section 8, was right in the proposed Constitution, and yet they did not think that it had anything to do with disbanding the military. What is more, in Federalist Paper Number 24, Alexander Hamilton, no libertarian he, admitted that there would be a permanent standing army. He insisted that there had to be, but he promised it would be a small one. Like many of uh, Hamilton's promises, that government would remain limited under the Constitution. This promise was particularly naive on his part. He argued that there should be no worry because the government could not get away with growing the military in peacetime, which he could (laughs) only see happening by some sort of uh, concerted conspiracy because the time required uh, to do it would expose the plan to the people and the states who would have time to stop the project, which his argument did not account for was double incrementalism, not only the gradual growth in the military, but at the same time the gradual growth of the federal government, the concomitant erosion of the people and the states' rights to oppose the federal government, and that was arguably built on the Constitution because of its lack of interest in using states' rights to balance the power of the federal government. Instead, the Constitution opts for dividing the federal government into three um, competing parts. I believe this separation within the federal government intended by James Madison to keep the federal government in check merely slowed the growth of government but failed to prevent its power from ratcheting up because each federal branch and thereby the whole federal government benefits from the increased power of each other branch.
0: Yeah, they don't really compete. They just kind of all back each other up. Yeah, goes, I, goes, I understand that was their uh, supposedly their intention that they all oh, you guys will be checking out, you know, it's a system of checks and balances, and you know they're going to be uh, fighting against one one another because uh, it's an adversarial or something like that, and it's
3: not that way at all. Okay, not that way at all. You know, he he may very he, it sound he sounds right. You know, when no, I'm agreeing the email. with what he's saying. Yeah.
0: He's saying that uh, it hasn't worked the way they intended it.
3: No, be, I mean right? I'm I'm talking about the uh, he's the the original part about the military and all that other stuff. It sounds like you know he knows what he's talking about, and I'll I'll take that. As uh, as truth, I think that people that signed the Constitution, the the founding fathers, were against a standing military. Many of them, and I'm sure he would agree with that. There's that that clause in there that obviously they don't, uh, you know, <laughs> they pushed the whole military through that loop, you know, the loophole in that clause, right? Yeah. I mean, so uh,
0: even if it's true that they did intend to have an army, I don't care because the Constitution is not a document I signed. Yep, it's not a contract involving me. It's a document that was signed by some guys that are dead right now, and it's clear that no one really pays much attention to it anyway. Yep. So why are we even talking about this?
3: So He gives an example here. The Supreme Court eventually realized, or you know, not realized, but was incentivized probably, that its power would grow, too, if the executive and legislative branches grew in power. So the willingness to check them has become less and less strong or frequent. Mm-hmm.
1: Lauren, were you ever one of those
0: constitutional types?
1: Yeah, I studied the Constitution for a while there.
0: Uh, when did you finally realize that uh, it didn't apply to you?
1: When, Well, I thought uh, legislators were all, you know, t- taken over by lobbyists, and the executive was a power mad guy just uh, controlling the military. But I thought, oh, Supreme Court, they're okay. I've read a bunch of their uh, decisions, and they have some really logical and uh, well-reasoned uh, things to say. And then you came, hadn't read enough of them. Yeah, but then came uh, Suzette Kilo's uh, – House getting uh, taken over in New London, Connecticut, and I thought, no, this cannot really? be right. This, this—that's that, what what uh, turned me from a minarchist, I guess, into an anarchist. Oh,
0: interesting. So yeah. it's a—it's been a relatively recent uh, changeover
3: for you, then.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so the uh, the the kilo situation was pretty motivating for you, wasn't it? Also, Mark, uh, I,
3: I I I can't remember what uh, sort of decision I made, but it it really you were just,
0: shocked by the it fact it shattered that's...
3: it shattered my belief in uh, in in the the system that is our government. Um, the <laughs> the very fact that the the Constitution says it says that uh, you know you, you can't use uh, you can't take property for the, the – you can only take property for public use. And that's oh, that's your interpretation. Imminent domain. Yeah. Well, right. My interpretation <laughs> says that the public can use property taken for public use. However, they decided to interpret it as basically for the public's good, that if they can you know, take property from one group of people, give it to another group of people, get a higher tax base, well, that's public use for God's sake. What's the big deal? Well, right. The term public to them means the government. The
0: term "public" to us sounds like everybody, right? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of crap,
0: right? Whenever you whenever you hear government people talking about the public interest, they mean their interest. Yes, because uh, when, for instance, here in Keene, New Hampshire, they're looking at stealing uh, about a dozen houses from property owners around here who haven't paid. Uh, you know, they owe back taxes apparently, or the city claims they owe. And so when you ask them about that question or when they when they are talking about the issue of of taking those houses, well, you know, it's in the in the public's interest that they pay taxes, that they pay (laughs) these taxes in the public interest that we take these houses because, well, if we don't take the houses from these people and we just let them get away with not paying taxes, then other people will not pay taxes. And that's against the public's interest. Well, wait a minute. I thought the public included the people that were, uh, that were paying taxes. I thought the public included the people that you're stealing the houses from. Apparently not. Apparently the public is just the government people. It's, it's just one of their code
3: words. That's all it is. That's all it is. I mean, it's, it, it, whatever we want is in the public's interest
0: oh and uh, remember it's not stealing when the government does it when the government does it it's tax deeding see they just change the just ta- change the terms around it's it's their language they can do whatever they want with it it's uh, it's called legalese and you never know if they're speaking in legalese or if they're speaking in english but you can guarantee that if you're telling them hey don't steal that person's house and they're saying oh no it's not stealing it's tax deeding they're talking in their little language because for them, they believe that they own all your houses. They won't ever tell you that, though. They won't ever admit to you, oh, yeah, we own you, we own your property. Well, They, they don't do use that terminology.
3: Um, they'll, they'll even say that they don't own your property. But the fact is they do. Yeah. If you've got to pay an annual um, fee or biannual, depending on where you are, fee in order to live someplace, what is that? Well, you could call it rent. You can call it taxes. You can call it whatever you want. But you certainly can't call that property yours because if it was yours, you wouldn't have to pay to live on it.
0: We are done for tonight. Out of time. Lauren, thanks for coming in.
1: Hey, how's it Been great.
0: Nice having you on the show. Ben Ian here with you. And Mark. And we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
9: Attention. VARadio.com.
3: Podcasters, I uh, I don't want to overstate this and I and I don't want to understate it either. I had a conversation with Jason Osborne, and uh, of course, you know, his his sponsorship of Free Talk Live is uh, it's like any other advertising. He'd like to see some results, and probably SACL CAI doesn't see results too well because, well, it's a collections company. What are they gonna get out of a, a podcast like this? Yeah, it's not exactly a business. Show. Yeah, they're they're not selling uh, debt relief, and they're not selling. <laughs> as a matter of fact, they're selling the opposite of debt relief, <laughs> and uh, they're they're not selling you know pen, penis growth pills or or whatever that uh, so is so common on radio. But right now, Jason Osborne is sort of using as a test, perhaps, or maybe he just wants a, a whole bunch of people to sign up for uh, ThinkTwiceNews.com, but. He wants a whole bunch of people to si- sign up as uh, subscribers for thinktwicenews.com. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just a, uh, it's a YouTube subscription. It's a YouTube subscription. Which so, is easy to do. You, yes. They've got please. a button on their page, right? Uh, yeah, right. it's right there on the page, at thinktwicenews.com. I would encourage you, if you consider Free Talk Live, to be a valuable service to uh, go and do this.
0: Um, if you if you appreciate uh, Jason Osborne and everything that he's done for this program, uh, he has been the primary sponsor of Free Talk Live for a long time. We're yeah. talking years here, a couple of years now. And so uh, Jason Osborne, and not only is he a sponsor of Free Talk Live, we should also mention he's out there sponsoring other shows. He's uh, behind Garden. I believe he's still uh, sponsoring Gardner's Show. Yep. And uh, ThinkTwiceNews.com. And uh, he's a producer of Think Twice News. Yep. Uh, so Barry Barry Cooper's uh, never get rated. That's right. He was behind that as producer as well. So ba- Jason. Jason Osborne is somebody who takes his money and he puts it where his mouth is. He really does love liberty, and he's willing to put – I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars a month into all these – the the totality of everything yep. he does. Uh, he takes most of his paycheck, basically, and puts it into to liberty activism. And so Think Twice News is his newest thing. And would love to have you go over there and click the subscribe button.
3: Yeah, in a couple of years, perhaps Free Talk Live will be able to uh, fly on its own, but uh, we still need the, uh, the the motherly wings of SACL CAI right now. And I would encourage you to go over to thinktwicenews.com News dot com and subscribe today, please. Yes. But besides that, it's great product. I mean, yeah, it, oh yeah, I, I I don't want to diminish the product at all. Uh, John uh, doing his uh, John little, Shaw, from John yes is uh, you know does uses as the uh, the announcer a, a puppet who's from outer space and uh it's just it's really great he's a he's a great puppeteer and and i enjoy watching it yep uh and the pork fest videos are just now
0: starting to hit over at think twice news yeah there's several com.
3: uh including a gardner goldsmith interview is going the fed up. one's going to come out at some point yeah so there's there's I a hope. lot of content being released this week and you'll be on the receiving end of it and i would encourage you to subscribe yep think twice news dot com. thank you